When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So with gold currently trading around $1,500 an ounce and silver right around $17 an ounce, I just want to start off by saying it is crazy what can change in a week's time. You know, about a week ago, it was kind of the reversal of a move down in silver and gold markets following uh, the Fed rate cut which turned out to be a little more hawkish than, than just the typical rate cut. Of course, Jerome Powell came out and said, this is a mid-cycle cut, basically signaling to markets, you know, this might be one and done, right? No more rate cuts this year. Markets didn't like that. That's bullish for the dollar, bearish for precious metals over the short term. Metals went down, but then on Thursday, a week ago today, Trump comes out and says that he's you know, the United States is placing a 10% tariff on $300 billion worth of Chinese imports, basically signaling, hey, this trade war is far from over and potentially uh, causing some weakening of the economy and disruption to markets that could cause the Fed to change their outlook, which I think was bogus in the first place. The idea that this is just a mid-cycle adjustment. It's either... Uh, lying, uh, dishonesty, or just totally uh, being naive to, to the situation that we're in. But, of course, uh, a ramped up trade war is, is going to increase the likelihood of more rate cuts this year. And that's basically what's happened, right? Ever since gold you know, moved down to, uh, what was it, just above $1,400 an ounce, and then Trump comes out with this announcement, it's been totally in the other direction, breaking through 14, 20, 40, 60, 80. Uh, I think the highest it was was maybe 15, 10, 15, 20 earlier this week. And, and that was largely because of, of China's uh, kind of, I guess, tat for, for Trump's tit, right? Tit for tat. That's a weird way of saying it, I guess. But, you know, China comes out and, and allows the offshore yuan to weaken. Uh, now, was it allowed to, I mean, it's the offshore yuan, but to weaken below 7 to 1 with their uh, lower and lower fix of the Chinese yuan, or higher, depending on how you look at it, a lower and lower value relative to the dollar. And then finally, last night, fixing the yuan for the first time ever on the, the uh, non-offshore, the CNY Chinese yuan, above 7 to 1 with the dollar, albeit barely above 7 to 1. But it's crazy. How many people a week ago with Trump's announcement would have predicted, A, gold, or even just prior to Trump's, it's even crazier then. What if I came out after Fed, the Fed meeting on Wednesday and said, look, gold is, is you know barely about 1,400, silver is not doing so hot either, but give it about a week and we'll see gold at 1,500, silver at 17, the yuan above seven to one relative to the dollar, and the trade war is going to be back on, and and you know the idea of just one and done with Fed rate cuts is is going to be thought as uh, as as a ridiculous idea. If I said that, I'd be ridiculed, and and you know there's a reason I didn't say that because nobody would have expected. I didn't anticipate this at all, right? 
sure, a further escalation of the trade war, but to this extent in the, the span of one week. But, but honestly, okay, so, so all this, this fixation on, and, and yes, silver and gold, I want to talk more about this video. And what I'm talking about here is, is really important to what's going on in the silver and gold markets because, hey, do you want to know why gold and silver have performed so well since the June FOMC meeting, look no further than the topics I'm discussing right now. So I'll talk more about the price and, and what we can expect going forward from my perspective in a minute or two here. But if you guys want, well, bear with me with, with this talk about macroeconomics and, and monetary policy. As dry as it is for some, I know a lot of my viewers find it really fascinating. And it is, it's such a big part of why we buy silver and gold in the first place. So I digress. The trade war, obviously, is on the front of traders' minds, the market's minds, right? You see it in the bond market, the stock market, precious metals, the dollar, the yuan, etc. But that is just, I think, the catalyst for a broader slowdown, right? I, you know, as this goes on further and further, make no mistake, this trade war, the tariffs themselves, as well as the trade war, and it's, it's a... Effect on on perceptions among among uh, investors, consumers, corporations, etc. It's going to have, and already has, had a negative impact on the economy. Not just the markets. I'm talking about the economy. I'm talking about jobs, uh, things like like manufacturing PMIs, uh, uh, you know, service sectors, uh, consumer demand, retail sector, all of that. Okay. And that's beyond just just the tariffs. Okay. It's it's going to and already has had an effect on that. Right, but I think you know the longer this stretches out, the worse it gets. Obviously, the larger and larger effect it's going to have, and I think it's increasingly likely that maybe by the end of this year, quarter one of 2020, we're going to be in an official recession. Right? Some are already saying that this recession has started globally, but here in the United States specifically, it's right around the corner. I think it was earlier today, if I remember correctly, uh, Jeff Gunlock. What the bond king, right? A massive, um, you know, money manager, massive amount of you know, uh, money that's under his management and, and his firm predicted what I think it was a seventy-five percent chance of a recession by the twenty twenty election. Seventy-five percent, right? And and I, I think it's even higher than that, right? I'd say you know, not that it matters a whole lot what Matt from Silver Fortune says compared to Jeff Gunlock. I'd say a 75% chance by quarter one of 2020, right? Never mind quarter four of 2020. That, that's how things are headed up there. And and this this trade war, it, it plays into it absolutely, but I think it's going to be viewed as the cause of this recession, which is unfortunate. And and I think it's, it's going to warp people's perceptions of not just Trump and the election and all of that, but, but bigger issues bigger than Trump, right? Fundamental problems with the U.S. economy. People are going to go into this recession and come up the other side, whenever that is, and, and depending on how bad it is, thinking that, hey, this trade war, right, we wouldn't have gotten in this mess. I wouldn't have lost my job, my house. Uh, this bank wouldn't have gone under. You know, all these bad things, these pensions wouldn't have needed to be bailed out. Banks wouldn't have needed to be bailed out. The EU wouldn't have been in an even more uh, abysmal state or totally broken up if it weren't for Trump and his trade war or China and their insistence on taking advantage of us. And it's just like, 
it sucks that that's what people are going to perceive as the cause for a lot of pain. When in reality, you know, the trade war is just going to be a catalyst, right? It's just going to be something that makes conditions bad enough to, to push us off the edge. We were already teetering on the edge. The fundamentals for the U.S. and, and indeed the global economy and demographics, broadly speaking, in the Western world, uh, South Korea, China, Japan, just bad, just bad all around. We were already teetering on the edge. And, and just like you know the subprime mortgage crisis was what kind of pushed us over the edge and led to the Great Recession, partly, and, and the financial crisis, I think it's the same thing for this trade war. And I could be wrong. Maybe it's going to get, revol- get resolved and it's going to be some other thing, like, like maybe a war with Iran, right? Or, or there's other options out there that could be that catalyst. But what I'm telling you here is that that's not the root cause, right? I, I fully would I would fully expect a trade war, short to medium term, and, and I would argue probably over the long term, to be detrimental to a country's economy. But you know, with what we've started so far with China, you know, a, a good robust economy, strong economy, shouldn't go into a recession because of that. Right? We should be able to weather that. I'm not saying the markets won't sell off or drop in, in, in GDP or what, but we should be able to weather that. Instead, I think we're heading for a very deep recession, probably some sort of a financial crisis, probably a sovereign debt crisis. Right? We should be able to weather that. And yet, what I'm saying is that there's going to be a lot of pundits, a lot of supposedly smart people with a lot of letters after their names signifying their education, their their PhD in economics or whatever that are going to be saying it was Trump, it was a trade war, whatever. And what I'm saying is that that's just a catalyst to, to push us off the edge. But, but this economy, in many ways, the fundamentals are rotten to the core. So that's where we're heading. That's kind of what I'm anticipating. And, and bringing this back to this conversation about silver and gold. Look, in a week's time, silver and gold have had a excellent week, right? Uh, dating back about a month and a half ago to the June FOMC meeting, I think it was June 19th, uh, big moves up for silver and gold, right? Before that June FOMC meeting, gold was still struggling to break through 1350, 1360. Well, it's through 1500 now, right? And depending on when you're watching, this might might be might not be above 1500, but it's it's had a good run for a month and a half. Silver's done well as well, right? If we look back to the beginning of the year or the lows for silver and gold in the second half of 2018, you know, for silver, we're talking about a Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, under $14 an ounce for gold, it was around $1,180, right? And so $1,180 to $1,500 silver from, from uh, 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 you know, $1,380, $1,390 to, to $17 an ounce, that's a big move. Right, and especially with this last week and this month and a half, that move. What I'm telling you is that this is far from over. This is a bull market, right? And and further Fed easing, worries about about the trade war, global economy is only going to contribute to this to this bull market for silver and gold. But I would anticipate a decent sized pullback. Honestly, 
I expected that pullback to be actually beginning last Wednesday, right? When we saw gold heading for 1400 heading down and potentially getting dipped below it, that's when I expected it. And then Trump kind of came in on Thursday and, and, and spoiled that party for the bullion banks or whoever it is shorting or, or pushing down the price of gold after that Fed meeting. But I still fully anticipate, you know, some corrections, not, not even corrections, but just pullbacks, right? Technical pullbacks. Now, with charts being as, as I don't know, mobile as they have been, and the, I'm saying that in the sense that a lot has changed in the last week, and, and I'm not a huge technical guy, so I'm not going to be updated on exactly what the technicals are right now. I don't know exactly what that point's going to be. Right? Maybe it's 1500 maybe it's 1520 and gold struggles to get past that. Maybe silver struggles to really get up above and close above 17 bucks an ounce or 1720 1750 Then we see a pullback, right? 1650 or somewhere in that range. You know, gold could drop to 1400 right? If it gets bad enough, yeah, it could drop to, you know, a strong enough dollar and whatnot. It could could drop to, you know, 1350 1360 1380 That was kind of a support level uh, uh, not all that long ago. And that's normal. The reason I bring this up is if you're a paper trader, obviously none of this should be taken as investment advice. But that would be a, you know, a, a place where I'd consider taking a long position. Uh, for stackers, yeah, if you're still adding gold at this point, that'd be, that'd be a, a place to, to consider. And again, make these decisions on your own. Don't take any of this as investment advice. Uh, for silver, uh, yeah, that'd be a great accumulation point. Of course, 17 bucks an ounce, that's... I don't know. That's still not that bad, right? It's not as cheap as 14. It's not as cheap as 15 or 16, obviously. But compared to where we've been over the last five years, six years, you know, 17 bucks is kind of a mean, right? We've been as low as, as third, you know, just below 14. We've been as high as I think 2021 and summer 2016. But you know, what's right between those numbers? You know, 17 bucks an ounce, right? So call it a mean, call it a median, whatever you want to call it. But still not that bad. I'll, all things considered, and and not a bad price to, to accumulate some more silver at. Uh, you know, finally, you know, regarding these prices in silver and gold, the the from my perspective, the odds of a big big move down into really low ranges for silver and gold, you know, breaking through their lows in the second half of 2018. This is something people predicted back then. Uh, early 2019, people still predict it, predict it today. A move, you know, to thousand, one thousand dollars for gold, or or twelve bucks for silver, or something like that. You know, the the possibility of that, from my perspective, is is decreasing by the day. Right? I'm not I'm not going to rule it out. Right? We should not underestimate the, this whole argument, whether it's a dollar milkshake or or euro dollar squeeze or whatever you want to call it. The, the possibility of a big move up in the dollar, which, by the way, is going to be extremely damaging to the global economy and markets, but let's not rule it out, right? I, I'm becoming more doubtful by the day. But, yeah, that's a possibility, but, but I think the possibility is decreasing day by day. With that being said, I don't want to come out here and make a speech like saying, I told you so, but I'm kind of tempted to do that, right? And I'm not going to gloat. I'm not going to brag. Because my longtime listeners know that I've gotten plenty wrong or plenty not completely right. You know, my prediction of when the next recession is going to be has been wrong from time to time. And Okay, right? Nobody's going to get everything right. But all along the way, when it comes to silver and gold, right, even if I can't equivocally say, 
gold's going up to this level by this point or whatever, make those types of predictions. I've been pretty consistent in saying, hey, if you're going to, you know, if you honestly believe silver and gold are a big part to preserving your financial future, I'm talking stackers. I'm not talking to paper investors. I'm talking stackers. Then the time to get in was yesterday or, or a year ago or five years ago or ten, you know, a long time ago. It's not too late now, obviously. And I'm not saying you, you have an extremely limited amount of time. Maybe, maybe not. But the point of what I've been so consistent about saying is you want to prepare yourself and not count on, you know, new cycle lows a year from now or something like that and then build your stack, right? If you have a big stack of silver, a big stack of gold, and you're content with that and, and you're kind of telling yourself, well, you know, if, if silver dropped to 15 or 14 again or gold to, to 13 or 1200, then maybe I'd add to it, but otherwise I'm not going to. I get that. But if you're, you know, somebody that doesn't have that type of position or, or if you're somebody out there uh, uh, talking about these types of things and saying, hey, we're looking to accumulate once gold and silver get to these much lower prices. Look, I, I saw some prominent people here on YouTube and elsewhere say just that, that, hey, we're, we're going to hold off on, on buying gold until it gets to 1100 or 1000 right? That this is a decent price for silver when it was at like freaking $14 an ounce, but we're waiting for it to go lower. I'll say it. I told you so. And it's not me gloating. That's just me saying all along that, hey, if this is so important, why take the chance? And, and look, those people were saying that back when, when I don't know, Silver was at 17 bucks an ounce, right? And it dropped to 14. Or gold was at you know, 1,400, 1,300, and it dropped to 1,200. Okay, and, and in that sense, yeah, they were right. But but to, to, to take that perspective and say that that was the only way things could have gone, the way things ended up was the only way things could have gone, I think is a really poor way of looking at things. Silver and gold are a lot of things for stackers. They're hedge. They're absolutely can be an investment. They can be savings. They can be insurance too, right? And, and I've said in the past that in that line of thinking that silver and gold are insurance, right? If we're going to compare them to, let's say, auto insurance, right? And say, I've been driving for two years. Or I've been driving for much longer than two years. But let's say, for, for example, two years I've been driving, haven't had a single insurance claim, haven't put a single dent in my car, right? And yet I've been paying insurance on my car that entire time. That's ridiculous. Like, look, if I hadn't been paying insurance on this car for, for those two years, think of how much extra money I would have. That's a really poor way of thinking about things, right? That's not the way insurance works, right? Insurance is there for when you do get into an accident, right? Insurance is there for when markets and economies really do implode, right? And to say that, hey, because I'd, I, I didn't crash over the last two years, there's no way that that could have possibly happened, it's, it's a really poor way of looking at things. Right? And, and I think we can take a similar perspective for silver and gold. Right? That, yeah, maybe you could have just saved all that in cash and instead accumulate at 14 bucks instead of, you know, a range from 20 to 15 bucks an ounce. Right? Yeah, and you would have more silver. But is it really insurance or is it just a paper investment at that point? You get it at a cheaper price point. But, you know, that, that way of thinking, you know, you can get dare I say greedy with that way of thinking, right? This isn't cheap enough for me at 14 and 1200 an ounce, 
right? I want it 10% cheaper. And so with that way of thinking, you, you end up in a situation like this where maybe you haven't accumulated as much as you'd like. Now all of a sudden gold's at 1500 and silver's at 17 and, and the bull market's really started. And, and well, silver, plenty of time to accumulate, but you know, it's, it's not as cheap as before and, and time's running out. We're in a bull market, I think. And, and yeah, there's gonna be hiccups and pull, pullbacks along the way, but this is, you know, the final leg in this step towards, you know, monetary oblivion that I talked about a week or two ago regarding the Federal Reserve. So, I don't know, bit of a rant there at the end. I don't want to gloat. I don't want to say I told you so, but I do want to say, beyond the record, of saying, hey, for a long time now, even if I haven't been totally accurate with my price predictions, I've been consistent in saying, if you believe this is important for your financial future and your protection, the time to buy was yesterday, but right now is not too late. Right. And I'm saying that not from an alarmist perspective or, you know, you need to buy this now or you're going to miss out, fear of missing out or something like that. I'm just saying that because if you don't and you wait for a much, much lower price, you just might miss out on a big move up and be forced to buy at a much higher price. So anyways, as always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast and God bless.